0: after things is brought to you by patreon.com slash weird things thank you for supporting this show
1: Hello and welcome to the After Things Podcast. I'm Adrian Bean, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello. Mr. Brian Brushwood. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And Bryce, the Vice Castillo. Bryce, the Vice. We can't give him up.
0: That's the Vice closing.
1: all together.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back.
1: So, uh, After Things is typically a show where we talk uh, to people about advice on things they're working on, projects, etc. Uh... I'm open to suggestions. I will say that um, I'm. I realize I have a book deadline <laughs> in about a month again. Oh, no. So oh, I know no. I got to figure this one out.
2: How has it been with the move? You had a big, big move. Did that? Uh, did that upend your creativity cycle? because um, it's tough unpacking. Have- unpacking takes a long time. I feel like
1: yeah I just take forever I procrastinate I mean, like as we, we moved into a house, we were living in an apartment, we moved into a house, and sort of my rule for me was, don't take anything out of a box that you don't really want out of a box like like don't clutter up your place, says the guy now with like a pile of eight boxes in the corner here, and as you can see, my completely empty shelves except for my my bubble gum yeah. you know, mm-hmm. over there uh so uh the move move. For those who don't know i was living in la and my wife and i decided to move to the bay area so we could be closer to the company i'm working at OpenAI. and but not i'm i'm in a, a small town called moraga which is ways away uh but close enough you know it was like i was in the, the city last night yeah yeah i was in the city last night it took me 45 minutes to get home you know but no traffic so it's not terrible but anyhow we moved to kind of a more quieter place because it's beautiful. We live in like a little valley with hills and stuff. Also means you no know, cell phone. I, I'm the only actually. I have cell phone service because I put a repeater in and have that gone. So I'm the only person in this area that has cell phone service, um, but barely at that. It's beautiful. It's different. But the move, of course, is move. Anybody who's gone through a move knows the the fun of that. And then the move in and then trying to figure out like you know, like we're going to redo the floors. We're going to do a lot of stuff. It's like we're kind of we've moved in but haven't fully moved in.
0: So, and then, uh, and then you we, guys had to deal with the power outages because of the atmospheric <laughs> river that decided to yeah. appear above you. So
1: New Year's Eve, uh, we're getting ready to go over to a party at our neighbor's house. Those super nice neighbors and I'm in the bathroom and I'm in the one bathroom in the house that has like no windows. Um, we have, we have our bathroom, our master bathroom is great, but it's got this window that looks upon a pasture and hills and cows and stuff. And sometimes I just don't feel like I want to use that one. So I'm in the other one, and then on the one that's completely no windows, and the power goes out, you know, there, and you know, my wife is like, "Do you know the power went out?" And I'm like, "I'm sitting <laughs> in complete darkness." I'm like, "I had a hint," um, <laughs> and then the power did not come back on for four days. Oh my so, goodness! Uh, uh, you know, you you can't.
2: You gotta like, do what you gotta I, do
1: no and i can't i'm like ah the power went out my mansion eh. yeah. you know it's like 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 i like then after the rains and because like the biggest damage i had was my pool cover got damaged oh you know? no, like, no. Uh, i know, I know. It's like, we've all
0: like, been oh. there oh. yeah
1: I'm like that just did it. is it's like wow well, my pool cover and like oh you have to no i don't clean them i have somebody else who takes care of the pool so it's really you know it's a, it's a problem so I don't have any problems right now with that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm four days without power. It's fine. It was fine. You know, we were, we were going to our restaurants and charging our phones and stuff and coming back and doing that. It was just compared to what other people have to deal with. And like really challenging. It was just made me, it was just like, ah, oh, my pool comes. Like, geez,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, uh, here's a relatable question. Um, when you're working on a collaborative process and, Let's say one partner is very, very strict about information being restricted oh and then just out of nowhere announces that, that, that all bets are off.
0: Uh, that's an interesting way to put that. That's specifically not what he gave you, but okay. <laughs>
1: Bryce, <laughs> this is hypothetical. I have no idea hypothetically, sorry. Right?
2: Hypothetically, yeah, yeah. No, it's a letter I, from Ryan right Rushwood. Okay, it's a totally different guy. He he's got a question. Uh, 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 look, I, uh, we're creeping up on uh, World's Greatest Con season three. It's quite good. I something wonderful and magical happened as we rounded roughly. Justin, would you say the ninety percent mark on on getting? It we are up?
0: done with you know whatever principal recording would be on season 3 meaning that all of our interviews are done and we have recorded an epilogue episode with our main sources uh this is going to be the first season that we have done where we do have original reporting um so yeah with with all that done uh uh and Brian's uh birthday on Tuesday we were doing great night and I said you have this coupon, you can promote world's greatest con season three, however you want, whatever you would like to say. And Brian, uh, initially kind of tiptoed around, not trusting that, that, that this was really a free coupon.
2: I totally thought it was a trap.
0: Uh, yep. uh, 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 and then I said, and then he just kind of looked at me expectantly, like, like that was going to be the end. And I'm like, well, look, you tell me when to stop. This is your birthday present. And then he just uh, screamed the topic uh, uh, over and over and over and over again. So the word is out. Uh, uh, season three is going to focus on Project Alpha, which is uh, uh, an extraordinary story that has never been told in the way that it is about to be told when we release this season. It uh, The original sources are the uh, two kids who, in the late 70s and early 80s, went to a lab funded in Four, with $4 million adjusted for inflation uh, to prove that paranormal psychokinetic activity was real. They went in under false pretenses with the idea being if anybody ever asked them if they were lying, that they would give up the ghost. And what follows is the story of them being undercover, the tragedies and triumphs, the betrayals and uh, uh,
2: brotherhoods that are forged. Yeah, uh and not for nothing uh there're kind of two stories there's the story that we're trying to extract and to tell in a relatable way to a whole generation that grew up long after these things happened but of course we want to respect the people who are boots on the ground there and get their approval uh and there there was a hot minute where i think in general we thought we were on safe footing but but you never really know when you send somebody a link and say, "Well, here it is." Well, I ho- yeah, so this I, I this, hope you this was us.
0: this was last week and really like we we've been redlining on this for the past month and a half specifically, but um in the last week we had to get uh basically all the episodes done because our fifth episode is an epilogue episode where we're talking about everything that didn't make the final cut and kind of where are they now sort of stuff with with our two main characters. And so we uh, set a date and we agreed for them to both come to Vegas. And so they did. Uh, But that means that they have to hear the season because they're ostensibly going to be talking about it, about, about the season. Uh, And so we had set the first three episodes to them uh, and then, you know, we had to rush and get the, the fourth one done, but uh, uh, they got to hear it the night before we recorded our, our epilogue. And it was uh, incredibly ingratiating to hear that they thought it reflected their uh, their perspective. Because the last thing you want to do after you spend this much time is is there, have them be like, "That isn't how it happened. That's uh, you're 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 making a
2: bunch of lies." They, they were positively ebullient about uh, how we landed everything. They they felt like they were represented quite well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I
1: think. Yeah, I, I, as an outsider, knowing you both, uh, the they I'm not I'm not surprised that they're happy because, one, knowing one of those individuals really well and knowing the quality of character he is, but also that you were trying to find the story, yeah. you weren't trying to create craft a story, and that's hypothetically, not that I work with people in the media a lot and every day, but often I see that very much like they know. They need me to fill in this part, but they already know where this is going to land. Regardless of what anybody says here, they're just going to cherry pick what's going to say there to get to this point where you wanted to really find out what happened and uh, talk to the people involved. Uh,
0: uh, hypothetically speaking, that is uh, uh, the, 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 the thing that you're talking about, Andrew, is uh, I think a a problem in journalism that is largely editor-driven, and I don't mean editor. When you say editor, people often think of, oh, somebody gets a piece of paper and then they form it into a thing. That's like the literal process of editing. Uh, but an editor at, let, let's say, a newspaper or a magazine are the ones who assign stories, and very often those people have an idea of what story they want to tell, and they are giving their reporters the... the uh, you know, the, the marching orders to do it. The best editors are the ones that are thrilled when the story turns out to be something different than what they expected. And, and they give more uh, uh, open-ended things because they want to trust their reporters to to get the story and bring it back. Uh, not so great editors, of which I think there are a lot in high positions, but uh, they, they are, are more rigid. What we want to do with World's Greatest Con especially this story and, 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 as people will hear part of this story is that, and the reason why it's never been told the way that we're going to tell it is because no one's ever spent the amount of time with the two kids that actually did it, um, in, in the kind of way that we did. And, uh, uh, now they're men with, you know, families and legacies behind them. But, uh, uh, this was something that I think we realized very, very early on that the themes we got from both of them uh were were how we wanted to uh uh underpin this story, and if anything, the stuff that we embellished uh I know from my perspective as as you know a producer and editor on it was to always be able to go to anything that Brian says. We need to be able, especially if it's provocative, we need to be able to back it up with one of the two saying something like that. Like, if, if, if Brian's like, they desperately wanted to do this, that, and the other, it's not just Brian inventing a version of them. Right. Uh, we can cut to one of them saying, boy, do we desperately want to do that because uh, uh, we didn't want to go too far. And, uh, uh, boy the places you will go in this series, specifically the endings of our, of our second and third episodes are, uh, uh, telegenic stories
2: that have never been told anyone else. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's terrifying because, uh, if I wish anything for anybody who's trying to tell a story, may your story be one that you don't particularly care much about because when it's a story that you care a lot about, boy, does it get more difficult?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I tend to feel that you always want to invest yourself in the, in, in a, in a story and in, in the point of view of somebody, I think that, that whenever you're writing or crafting a narrative, the goal is to make the audience connect to it. And Uh, the way that you can most easily make somebody connect to something is to put them in it. You know, it's one of those things that, and Andrew and I have talked about this a, a, a million times. And, and, you know, I've thought so much about story structure over the past, you know, especially since, since starting world's greatest con and raise the dead and, and, and all that, but, but creating those in, in audio, especially for nonfiction, but I owe so much of it to the hours and hours that Andrew and I spent at at Arby's and Panera Bread and and various other uh, lunch spots in South Florida, just talking about story. Just like, okay, well, let's do a Star Trek movie, but uh, uh, no technology, right? And and you know, the, what if there was a Star a Star Trek Saw movie? How would we do it? What? And then you break down the beats of 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 X, Y, and Z. But one of the things that I always had a hard time wrapping my head around whenever we would have those conversations, especially in certain genre things was the idea of wish fulfillment that like, that's such a powerful way that you bind yourself to characters and you're trying to explain why things are popular or why things uh, catch an audience. And, and I've always initially, when I was younger, I found that as almost condescending that it's like, Oh, this is a wish fulfillment story, you know? Uh, And then the more that I've spent time thinking about story and writing stories and, and doing stuff like that, it's like, no, that's it, wish fulfillment is almost a, a a a misnomer for it. It's it's connection to your life and then wondering if you had gone a different path or remembering a great path that you did take. But it's it's all kind of encoded into your the the, the memory of your of, of of your DNA or or where you wish things had gone, and that's something with any story you want to do. The problem here is that. We're dealing with real people. We're dealing with people for whom take this story extraordinarily seriously. And
2: uh, also who are still with us to uh, have opinions on whether or not we're getting it right.
0: But, yeah. And so that was nerve wracking by the end, but you can't let it affect you while you're doing it. You, you, you just have to, you know, I, I, I always remember. There's a scene in in Three Kings where uh, uh the, the Iraq war movie where where Spike Jones's character is uh, uh being ingratiated amongst the locals and they're explaining to him that and he plays this like redneck kind of character, uh uh, and they're explaining to him that he is uh, uh surrounded by holy fire. And he's just like like I like, like I'm gonna be fine, man. I'm surrounded by holy fire. Uh and that's that's whatever I think creatively is like you just be true to the art be true to it you know connecting to you and and you feeling good about it and if you do that the quality will 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 speak for itself as long as you are not you know you are not being cheap and you're not talking yourself into something you know you got to you got to organically connect to it and if you organically connect to it
2: then you're doing something right so I guess now begins, uh, the pivot from if story is strategy, we move to tactics and this, this is the part where we have to think in terms of practical terms, how do we reduce everything that we've done for the last six months and make it a very simple tweetable soundbite?
0: Well, yeah, you know, first, first we got to know when it's coming out, which we don't know right now, but, uh, uh, the, the,
2: the, the sooner now than two weeks ago, a, a lot happens in a week.
0: Yeah. I think the biggest, the biggest thing is, uh, uh, we don't know when, when the ads, when, when, when the ad, the ad train rolls into station, but, uh, yeah, in terms of marketing, you know, uh, I think, you know, Andrew, you've known about project alpha for a, a, a very long time. Um, I, I think our biggest our biggest challenge right now is trying to think about how to pitch what's exciting about it to people that have no idea about what 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 Project Alpha is because that's going to be the vast majority of our audience. I'm not worried about anybody who's heard or has some passing familiarity with the phrase of Project Alpha because they're going to listen. Like 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 this is going to be good for them. Uh, uh, I'm worried about people who, you know, aren't uh, uh, aren't hip to it.
1: It's, I I think that, you know, you need to figure out like the, the, the simplest sentence, the whatever describes it. And, you know, the, it's a story that reaches both for how scientific research was conducted in there, uh, the introduction of what happens when you bring showmanship or showman into that, what the different goals are, but also touches to the CIA, you know, it's, it's, yes the problem with like the men who stare at goats besides not just being not that great of a movie is it did have, it didn't really have a point of view. It's like the people who made that movie didn't really acknowledge the fact like, yeah, this stuff, yes, these powers don't exist.
2: Uh, and which by the way, I read that book after we finished world's greatest con season three. And I was really, really struck by the fact that world's greatest con season three ends. It's big reveal occurs in February, March of 1983, the beginning of the men who stare at goats begins in the summer of 1983, which means after all of the evidence about this big reveal happens, that's when the government gets down to brass tacks and doubling down on this insane stuff.
1: Cause there was, I don't know how much you get into it, but that's when the CIA was getting big funding to do paranormal research and project alpha affected that. And they had to like, spin and be like this is not connected to us at all
0: yeah no we that that our
1: our imbeciles are completely different imbeciles
0: that is that is that is included in our in our in our finale uh uh a a declassified cia communication uh uh effectively giving talking points to anybody from the cia who's talking to congressional members saying uh like wow that's oh my god how dumb these idiots were on television there's nothing like the absolutely sterling stanford research institute where we're doing uh, you know project grill flame eventually project stargate which is the men Who there at goat stuff well they have to have it their way
2: they do have to have it your way whopper 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 yeah, uh,
1: so uh, to cut the chase, everybody, I'll save you the time and have it to watch this, listen to this <laughs> documentary episode thing that they've made, whatever you call this. Um, His powers aren't real. Go home. Yeah,
0: exactly. Dang it. That's it. Sorry. We got it. Spoiled. They they ain't got no
2: powers.
1: These... I saved you guys. I saved everybody out there 10 bucks.
2: <laughs> Which oh, wait, you can still this... send to us at patreon.com. Slash you can. The greatest yeah, you can. No, my, you can. that. No, I, I am so... I am
1: so excited about this because having known Randy and yeah. worked for him and who was involved in this, one of the people involved in this, and having parts, heard, heard this story from certain points of view and knowing Banachek a bit, uh, I don't think I ever knew Mike Edwards, maybe I met Mike Edwards once or something, but like I remember seeing, I don't want to spoil it here, but like, I remember seeing in, in Randy's study this cartoon caricature of Randy mm-hmm. and Mike and Steve. I'm like, what's that? Like, oh yeah, that's when they were going to do the animated TV series about this. What? (laughs) Like what? You know? And then, and and then, yeah. Yeah. It's such a big story.
2: It, it is. And, and I think that that now that we're so close to having the actual product sanded down, polished off, uh, it certainly has me in a place of like, okay, how confidently do we go out into the world and announce, because there are actual breaking news aspects to it that have never been really explored explore before. The story itself has never been told this way before. Um, I don't know. It's a lot. What are, what are you unsure about? Um, I mean, you're going to put it out like you normally do. No, this is,
0: I mean, the story Maybe that is... It make it right up. The story that is canon if you were to look up project alpha on wikipedia is
2: you will get an inter- james, accurate james, tell
0: james me. randy dispatched to children to fool this lab and what this podcast series presupposes is what maybe it- he didn't uh and that's not the point of it uh but it is a part of it um th- this is very much from the perspective of of of, of the two boys and they have their own uh, uh, a way of saying it. And uh, that's who we give voice to. I, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be the, the biggest thing that people take away, but some people might you, you never know. I think it's going to bring a lot of context to this story for anybody who knows it for anybody who doesn't. I think they're going to get a more exciting story than the way that it's ever been told before, because the way that it has been told before was from James Randi's perspective. And while he was certainly a part of it, neither Mike nor Steve denied that he was a very big part of it, an integral uh, part of it, an integral part of it. Uh, no one's ever talked about the fact that two 18 year old kids uh, uh, all of a sudden became local celebrities in this lab that had $4 million worth of funding, uh, inflated, uh, adjusted for inflation. And what happens when two, you know, uh, 19-year-olds all of a sudden are lying to adults? They're doing it for righteous reasons. Huh. They're horny. Like, they're oh. drunk. Like, there, there's an 80s buddy comedy in this story that no one has ever touched because it's always been this kind of higher level, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of truth against the the villain of parapsychology. And we still get a lot of that in this series, but there's, oh, oh boy, are there some, are there some boots on the ground stories that are, are, are retail exciting. Here we go. Check it out. World's greatest con. Alpha house. I, I mean, you know, that, that was our, our second episode is really all about the two
2: boys and how they become friends and starting off highly skeptical of each other because each of them is afraid that, look, I know I'm good, but what if this guy's not very good? Then I'm going to look like a dumbass if, if this guy's not very good. So they're all, like, ready to cut each other's throat at the beginning. But it's, yeah. And very quickly they realize that as a team, they can, they can conquer anything.
0: Because it's an 80s Best Friends movie. It's just, it's so, it's it's it, it just kind of, like, wrote, uh, uh, you know, it, it wrote to itself. I also found out this, that if you want a theme uh that says these two bros just became best friends in the 80s it's the exact same thing as these uh two characters just fell in love it was an 80s love theme that i found and i'm like oh this is perfect this immediately says that these guys became best friends oh a music cue yeah music cue. music theme anyway uh uh so yeah uh coming your way march or april okay March or April. I'll say soon. We'll say soon. soon. It's coming soon. Yeah, I mean, the only like to be totally transparent, since this is where we kind of open the kimono on all this, is that uh, we could probably have this ready to be out sooner. The reality of it is that uh, advertisers advertisers can sell different things for Q one versus Q two, so there might Gosh. be a big difference between what kind of ad by ACAS can sell by the up to the end of March, which is Q1. And then like literally the first day of April, they might be able to sell six times the, uh, the, the, the ad slot. So you heard it first April 1st, maybe, I mean, but we don't know. We have no idea. Cause it, or not. Yeah. So let's just say, we don't know. So. Let's just well, say no, the this prediction is This is where, still this in is the envelope, where we talk about all, right? all the, this is where we talk about all the nitty gritties. Yeah. So and th- that's the nitty gritty yeah, stuff. There we go. X
2: mix. Mix, mix, mix. Marvel snap. It's great. <laughs> um, what? is that under your eyelids brian yep
1: a little bit
0: what did uh uh oh man what, what was i what was i watching we just well we watched the last of us i like the last of us i thought the last of us I the last of us was good uh i'm excited for the rest of the season um i do think it it for for me i do not play the video game so Seeing those elements of the of 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 gameplay theatrically uh, uh, portrayed, I, I I had no frame of reference for. Uh, I could tell where I assumed things like that were happening, uh, but I I really found uh, uh you know especially the first you know, like twenty minutes particularly compelling, and uh, I think that the world is fascinating, and I look forward to spending more time in it. Uh, uh and maybe characters can actually talk to you each know, other instead develop. of going from point A to point B. Yeah,
2: one episode.
0: Yeah, one
2: episode. I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm
0: I'm looking forward to more more world more world
2: things. I'll I'll double down on the Last of Us. That's a good show. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew, you got a pick?
1: I do have a pick, gentlemen, and oh. I. I love the phenomenon of YouTube, and I, I find things there that just channel some people who really pour their heart out into something, much like you guys have done with World's Greatest Con. And I've been following this one YouTuber, and I've probably mentioned it before, for a year or two. Um, and I think that the guy's integrity, as far as I can tell, is rock solid, and his research is really good. And I'm talking about CoffeeZilla, who goes on yes. about you know, a lot of NFT scams and stuff. And he recently had came to prominence because he yeah, ripped into CryptoZoo and did some really deep dive into that. And Logan Paul came out really hard against him with two videos accusing CopyZilla of everything under the sun. And then Logan Paul deleted those videos <laughs> and then made an apology video. Uh, so, man, CopyZilla, this guy, he does his homework. And he's nice. doing better work than anybody out there, I think. You look at look at how the media fawned over ftx yeah you look at how even to this day you still see these stories of like oh did, was he just in over his head and was da da? and you're like even now some of the coverage of it is just frustrating because it's like how ingratiated he and his people were and the people he supported were into that community that the media just could not report on something that would have been should have been purely obvious you watch those interviews back now and you're like, that's clear. So Copyzilla has been at the forefront of this and his channel's grown. And he is a guy that if you ask me to say, who is the best journalist in the business, whose initials are not JRY, um like the, the guy's diligence, how much he cares about this doing, he's doing investigative journalism, digging deep into a most important, one of the very important financial issues right now. And this guy should be getting, you know uh, MacArthur prizes and stuff like this, but it's an, it's in a world that is just invisible to the mainstream. Uh,
0: I think he's he does he does a great job. I love uh uh, uh, uh I love his stuff, uh, and I do think that crypto specifically, man, w- is it's just in a very very interesting place. And I, I think that in terms of media literacy, it reminds me a lot of how dumb coverage of the internet was pre-blog revolution uh uh where it's like it's not to say that crypto is good or bad or a ponzi scheme or 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 whatever right believe believe whatever you want about it but it's like literacy in this goes a long way and and uh, something beyond the the kind of junky day trader element where uh, uh, it's just another uh, rapidly fluctuating thing that you can make money on uh, uh, you know, you mix that with fame and, and everything. I think he does, he's he is a great, great, great resource for somebody who understands each piece of that.
2: Nice, yeah. coffeezilla.
1: Uh, I'm, I, you know, some people have in our chat have some different thoughts and I'd say like, I'd I ever do a deep dive, go into it. I would say that this guy so far, he seems to have done his homework. You know, and, and and everybody, there's so much money involved. There's a lot of spin on stuff. Like, well, it was only this and this maybe, but like, I mean, it seems to have done his research. So mm-hmm. anyhow, uh, it's been after. Row.
2: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>